Good morning, everybody. Glad to be with you this third Saturday in February 2023. My name is Ed Samuel. I'm a career coach with a firm called Sam Nova. This is the Optimize Your Career program. For those tuning in for the first time, I'm on every Saturday at 3 a.m. Eastern Time for 30 minutes to give you career advice, tips, ideas, answer questions, just about every facet to help you or someone you know optimize their careers. Although our firm is based in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, about an hour west of Philadelphia, we serve clients all across the U.S. We help those who are working or in job transition who want to advance in some way. We've coached more than 900 people to date, revamped, and written over a thousand resumes. But in the end, our aim is to help people get to that better place, whether it be more money, more happiness, better alignment to values, or simply to shift, or I shouldn't say simply, or to shift to something completely different. Any of those things we focus on, and we love to help people get to that better place. But all in all, it continues to be a very busy February. We get calls and people reaching out to us on a daily basis asking for some form of career help. Now, this morning, I'm going to be talking about traits of a great company, including faith-based ones. So why am I talking about it? Well, one reason is that for so many of the clients we work with, people do have choices. Whether you're working and you're employed, you have income coming in. And when you say, hey, I want to move to a different company for a lot of different reasons, you can get pretty picky. And you could say, hey, I'm looking for companies that evoke and act a certain way. And even if you're unemployed and you're in job transition and you have a little bit of wiggle room and you don't have a gun to your head just to get any job at any little company, those clients of ours, they ask the same question to themselves. I want to get back to work. I'm working hard at it. And what kind of company do I want to work for? What are the traits of those companies? Some of my clients go out of their way to target firms. And we teach how to target firms. But when you target firms, one of the equations is what kind of firm do you really want to work for in terms of their makeup, what they believe in, their history. And for other clients, we end up with two job offers. Sometimes we've had as many as three. But let's say you had two job offers. Then these traits become really, really important. Now, I'm going to look at two different views of traits for companies this morning. One's going to be a bit on the secular side, and then the other's going to be a faith-based kind of view into companies that use faith as their calling card, so to speak. Now, on the secular side, I ran a poll this past week. I got, uh, I'm going to say, 120, just about 125 votes on the results of this poll, and I wanted to share what, what the poll said and what I asked and, and what these results say. I ask a question, what's the number one trait you look for before joining a firm or an organization? I didn't say, you know, what's a group of them. I said, what's the number one? And here's how it broke out. The one that scored, and I'll work from the lowest to the highest. One that scored the least, which I think was a little bit surprising to me, was equity, diverse, diversity, and inclusion. That's, that came in at 9% in terms of the number one trait people look for. But it was still 9%. It wasn't 1% or, you know, and it was 9%. Now, the second most one that didn't get surprised necessarily was job security. It was 20%. Again, it wasn't 80%, uh, but 20%. People 
simply said, you know, if I go to this company, I want to go to a company that's that stable. They're not in the midst of many people all the time. It's not a, uh, a you know, the, you know, it, it, it feels like, you know, it has saying power. But that was 20%. The third one, right, set with, or, or I don't know the four categories. So this is, you know, second, second to the top was competitive pay. 31% of the people voted said, you know what, if I go work somewhere, I want to be paid competitively. I don't want to be on the minimum scale. And competitive, you know, it's good, can, can be a little bit different in different people's eyes. But, but, but the bottom line is uh, people want to go to a firm if they're known for being paying people fairly competitively. 31%. Now, the number one vote that came in above all the others was an engaging culture. Engaging culture. That was important that 40% of the people polled. Saying that, you know, these other things are important, but I want to know and I want to feel this culture, uh, you know, screaming out of me in some really positive ways. Now, some people made a comment in the survey, hey, yeah, you know, it's a mixture of all these things, right? But I asked for the number one. And it, when you look at how many define culture in a company, what does an engaging culture look like in a company? Here's a slant that I, I did some research on, and I think it's a fairly good one in terms of how people define an engaging culture. One thing that people look for how well do employees communicate with each other? In other words, does the company really promote employees flying to each other? I mean, I've been in companies, literally, I've been in companies where you don't talk to the other person. Ken and down, you focus. Yeah, you might say hello at lunch. You might go to a once a week TV for an hour. That's it. Ken down, no communication. So great companies with great cultures. They promote employees talking to each other. Now, another one in the great culture is how decisions are made. I mean, I worked at companies where a decision was made, but boom, huge implications across the company, across the organization. Um, and everyone said, who made that decision? Where did that come from? No communication. Wow. And, but how communications are done at the, at the highest level, Maybe the functional level, the organizational level, the team level, how decisions are made are so, so important. Here's another one. How people are hired, promoted, and even let go, whether it be fired or through a downside. That means a lot to people. And obviously, that's part of the interview process as well, how you're being treated during the interview process. But once you're there, how do you get promoted? And how do they really treat people where, you know, they have to let let them go for one reason or the other? That, that's part of company culture, how people uh, view a company. Another one, how employees are recognized at the company. But do people get recognized only when they make a mistake? Or do people get recognized when something good happens? Because they're ongoing recognition, whether it be monthly, quarterly, 
and or any kind of recognition. And I think some really great firms, recognition is not forced. It's part of the culture uh, means that it's it's natural. It's not some transactional thing that's happening. But for those companies that have great, great cultures, engaging cultures, how people get recognized is a very important fact. Scienter. Last one that I'll share that came up on uh, my list was in how employees celebrate their work with each other. Yeah. So, in other words, do we just work for the sake of working? Do you get paid? Thank goodness, thank goodness you're getting paid. Walk out the door. Or during during the week, are you actually, during the day, the week, the month, you're actually celebrating success and celebrating people's lives in some way, shape, or form. So this 40% that came out from on my survey simply said people are looking for engaging cultures. I just gave you a definition that seems to be somewhat widely accepted in terms of what that engaging culture starts to look like that people are looking for. Isn't it interesting? Now, I'm going to shift a little bit to... What are Christian-driven, faith-based companies? How does that look different? Because I, I, you want to go work for a company, and I just talked about you know a secular view, and, and now I want to talk a little bit about is there a big difference with a faith-based company, and and how is it potentially the same? Now I have to give credit to. Uh, Michael Zigarelli, he wrote a book called Christian-Owned Companies, and he did an amazing job, I think, of looking at, I, want, I think it's 50 some companies in detail that were faith-based companies, and walked away with some really amazing learnings from my perspective in terms of how these companies operate and what they really believe. And I wanted to talk about his findings indicated there were eight best practices of Christian-owned companies out there that when you then it all out and you summarize it, these were the overarching themes that he saw. And after reading his book, I, 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 I could see it jumping out. And I'm going to share a few examples in a minute. But let's talk about best practices. So here's, here's number one, and maybe to no one's surprise, is they seek to honor God in all they do, right? They glorify the Lord more than anything in terms of putting the company second, themselves second or third. But the Lord is kind of running the show. And there's a comment that, goes on uh, at, at a company called Service Master, which I'll talk about again in a minute. But Service Master um, is a Christian-owned company, and one of the things that they, they, they say is to honor God in all we do to help people develop, pursue excellence, to grow profitably. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of about, it's, it's kind of, that's their motto. That's what they believe in. And so, again, maybe it's self out of it because I'm talking about faith-based companies, but they really do believe their work, their purpose of being 
at work is to honor the Lord, is to honor God. Now, here's the second uh, best practice. They truly believe they're making a product or a service that will make the world better in some way, shape, or form. There's a direct connection with what they're doing is helping in some capacity. The example he uses, uh, one of the examples he uses in the book is a lighting company, actually a, a solar company that, uh, you know, 10 years later, once the company started, it, the name of the company is D-Light Design, sold 20 million solar products in 65 countries, you know, touching some 100 million lives. Now that, I'm sure there's there's many other examples, but the point is they created something with a greater good in mind, with a greater good in mind. So when you think about the Christian driven company, are they doing something with that greater good in mind to help others in some way, shape, or form? Now, here's the third best practice, and they fund faithful causes. They fund faithful causes. And was, uh, and there's many examples, and 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 one is a company called Tom's Shoes, where every shoe that gets bought, one gets donated to some uh, some uh, someone in a, a poverty-stricken area. Guess what? Wow, Bridgeway Capital Management actually built into their articles of incorporation. That 50% of their profit would be given away to a, to, to a clause. Can you imagine that? Right, right when the company was founded. And Ann Pretzels, which I and my family enjoy, and my wife would say I enjoy it far more than she. Um, every time you buy a pretzel, it actually, a percentage of that goes to a marriage counseling service that has now helped and repaired thousands of relationships that did not end in divorce so this it's it's about hey we're going to make money but but for the money that we make we get paid we have income but a percentage of that some of this money is going to go and in some companies a lot of money is going to go to a cause greater than our own company that's why that's why we exist now here's another one they treat employees like family. They treat employees like family. Some people on the Christian organizations, they say, look, we have three responsibilities. We have to make sure they're physically, our employees are physically safe, psychologically safe, and spiritually safe as employees. Very different model, right? Very different way of thinking. Hey, you're an employee. I got to pay you benefits. Here's your job description. Come to work, do your work. We pay you for the service of working and the best to you when you walk out the door. Pretty interesting. Um, Tyson Foods, right? a lot of people know Tyson because of the chicken. One of the things that they're, they did in terms of that psychological care, they actually put chaplains on staff. Right, a chaplain is somebody has a, a spiritual walk with the Lord, where people could actually go to that person, and usually non-denominational, the chaplain, right? Uh, that employees could actually talk to them to get help at any time. Well, that's a company stepping up. That's a big company stepping up. But it really is interesting that 
in in most of the Christian companies that I'm reading and studying about, you know, everything flows from the owner's heart down. Everything flows from the owner's heart down. Now here's another one. You know, this is the best practice. They create jobs to those who would not have one. And there's a uh there's a there's a quote there's a verse in the Bible Matthew twenty five forty that says whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me, which simply says um, you know this is this is all about you this is all about helping others get to a better place, and one of the one of the examples is Second Chance Coffee out in Illinois we in Illinois in fact where they actually employ former felons. Yeah, felons right out of prison. And I've worked with felons out of prison as a career coach. But they employ them, put them to work, and uh, he said, you know, you're talking about, you know, helping those people get jobs, and uh, it's hard enough to get jobs, but then you have a criminal record or a felony record. It's incredibly hard to land that job because you have to have people who are going to believe in you again. Another company that jumps out is Keystone Custom Homes, right in my beloved state of Pennsylvania. An hour from me uh, is where they're headquartered. Keystone Custom Homes has been around for 30-some years, um, and they also have a, uh, a program where they actually do rental financing of loans to the poor all around the world, and even includes uh, helping them start businesses. They have an offshoot called Holt International, uh, an amazing company, but they're rallying around, you know, this whole notion that that their company exists, right, to help get people to work in all forms and shapes, including those that might not have an opportunity to work at all. And then here's the last one I want to share. Actually, there's a couple more. Uh, they have a value creation care model. A lot of the Christian companies have this value creation care model. What that means is that sustainability is something that they actually believe is a God-given joint requirement, not something to get a tax deduction on. Now, it's kind of the the you know there's there's there, the, it, it, I, I guess there's a there's a phrase I never saw before called the triple bottom line. Profit, people, and planet. And some companies, are they rally around that. And again, you rally around that to honor God by stewarding his creation, right, for a healthy environment. And you can look at different companies do different things. And I remember uh, Cardone Industries, uh, I believe they were a faith-based company, 5,000 employees strong. They were remanufacturing automobile parts, but they're, one of their claims of fame was that instead of you know using natural resources to 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 build new parts, they would actually take old car and truck parts and refurbish them, and um, took a lot of parts out of the uh, the landfills that would otherwise uh, be be you know sitting there. Here's another one: they stand firm regardless of the cost. There are some companies that say profit's important. But it's not that important when it comes to how we're going to stand by our principles. And and I, you know, 
Chick-fil-A is a good example. They're closed on Sunday. And I, there's a lot of fast food places that are not closed on Sunday because they're, they, 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 they lose millions, probably a billion dollars, I would surmise, if they opened up on, on Sunday. That's how, uh, but they're standing by their conviction. And their conviction is they're going to give their employees a day off. How many other companies, you know, stand by their convictions where they think something, you know, wrong is occurring? And we were going to hold old firm. And he was the last thing. And this is tied, you know, to Christian-based companies. You know, they want to introduce people to God. They do want to introduce people to God. And certainly if a Christian-based company, right, they're, they're viewing, you know, they want to introduce people to the Lord. They might not otherwise have a walk with anybody. And this is where the Christian companies really stand out. Um, there's a, I remember driving down I-75 in Ohio, driving past the U.S. Plastic Corporation, and the gigantic side right on their property, right? They say Christ is the answer. Um, they make no bones about it. Um, no bones about it. And I think um, another company right here in, Outside of Philadelphia, if you walk into their lobby, they're going to see uh, right under a mantle, uh, a psalm posted. They make no bones about it. And in some companies, like the lounges I just mentioned, you start a meeting in prayer, and you end in prayer. I met with the president of this company many times. We started our meeting in prayer, we ended in prayer. And uh, that's a big part of the walk of the Christian-based companies. Now, I'll hit on just two examples because I'm almost out of time, but I want to go back to Service Master, the Service Master Company. They they have uh, some corporate objectives that are just stand right out, and they say, look, here here are uh, four objectives of our company. We honor God in all that we do to help people develop to pursue excellence, to grow profitably. Now, oh, that's, their, that's their model. And again, we talk about the heart, from the heart down. Service Master, this is the story of Service Master. They just landed this amazing uh, contract at a hospital. And their responsibility is to go in there and do all the cleaning that's needed you know, in all the places and all the rooms with all the medical equipment. And the service master CEO actually went to the site and wanted to meet with the hospital's professional staff, that the doctors, the nurses, technicians, right? To But they wanted to teach the cleaning staff how this equipment works. And, of course, the CEO got all kinds of uh, snide remarks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you expect the janitors to understand radiology and all this equipment? No. But the CEO insisted. But we do expect them, this is a quote, to be able to see the important part they play in the mission of the hospital and its various functions. So you connect them to the greater goal. Inspires them to quality, cleanliness, and even to those of you on the professional staff. See, it's amazing when, when, when you have employees 
employees want to understand the clause they're working for. Yeah, and they're making a living and to be able to have money to pay bills. But, you know, this that, that type of training, you know, if, if it's just technical training, it doesn't really inspire somebody. But if you understand the greater purpose, even in the most uh, uh, microscopic, uh, menial tasks, can really help supercharge motivation. It also brings life and dignity back to work. You know, and, and I and I remember this clearly a year ago, looking at one of the studies about why people were leaving, resigning as part of the uh, you know the Great Resignation. And I forget where it was in the ranking of one to ten, but it was probably six. You know, I have no idea while I'm here. That's why people were leaving companies. I have no idea why I'm here. Well, that example from Service Master is just a great example of you have to know your value, your worth, how you're helping the company get better. But I think the um, the last one I'm going to share would be, um, of all things, the Guinness Brewing Company. And for those of you who may or may not know, Guinness makes beer. And um, what happened was Arthur Guinness, who founded this company, he took a 100-pound inheritance, and he grew it into one of the largest enterprises in Ireland at the time. This is like the late 1770s. He was inspired by John Wesley, founder of the Methodist tradition, and John Wesley drove into Arthur Guinness's mind this, this philosophy. Gain all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Again, it goes back to why are we working? Why do companies exist? And again, we're looking at from the Christian standpoint right at the moment. And Arthur, Arthur Guinness ended up building a beverage company, and he ended up giving vast amounts of money away to help the poor build parks, schools, hospitals. He even uh, founded the first Sunday schools in Ireland, believe it or not. Now, you say, well, how does Guinness tie into faith and Christianity? And and so what ended up happening was back at that time, there were microorganisms in the water that made people really sick and killed many, many people. It was polluted with sewage, uh, sewage. and uh, so what ended up happening was they found that alcohol to be safer to drink than the water. And what ended up happening was they turned to gin. And at that time, it actually became the gin craze, not just in Ireland, but also even in England. And that's what historians labeled it. And they said gin to the babies. Infants, when they cried, helped children go to sleep. But the problem with it all, everybody, you know, a lot of people became intoxicated and things got really out of hand. So someone said, hey, instead of gin, why don't we come up with a lower alcohol beer? Guess what happened? We created Guinness, Guinness beer. It's a low alcohol content beer. And yes, you could make an argument. If he was making money from producing the beer, but he was trying to help save people's lives at the time. And although Guinness grew to 10 million plus pints a day, and even though it's no longer a Christian owned company, you know, this was about 
excuse me, the expression of faith, right? So hopefully this morning you got a, a little bit of a glimpse of traits of companies. I gave you a, a kind of a secular view. I'm giving you what some of the Christian-driven companies are looking to do uh, or try to do uh, and have done and some of the best practices that they're trying to rally around. And if you're looking to make a move to a new organization, a new company, hopefully uh, this program is giving you some additional thoughts to think about. So for those new to the program, I did publish my first book called Optimize Your Resume, Do's and Don'ts, The Send Over Way. It's available on our secure website, and we'll pick up the shipping costs. So go to uh, samnovainc.com, that's S-A-M-N-O-V-A, inc.com go to resume services see the drop down you could order it there uh we've gotten well over 450 positive comments on the book and the ones i love to read easy to read step by step in fact one of what one of uh uh one of the uh a very very well-known uh resume executive resume writer in florida just read my book and um said it was one of the best uh reads that she's you know, that she's read a long time, couldn't debate anything I wrote in that book in terms of the fundamental principles of things that should be on a resume. So it was really nice to hear. You know, we have 450 plus documented testimonials on record. I just picked up two more. Uh, I have 172 on LinkedIn alone, let alone another hundred or so on our website. So thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Ann. Um, Jennifer from Delaware and from Texas uh, for those recommendations. If you're not connected with me on LinkedIn, please do so. Today marked uh, this morning, 6 a.m., persons from Asia connected with me on LinkedIn. I officially now have 26,000 first connections on LinkedIn. 26,000. So if you're not connected with me, please do so because then you're going to you have access to those other 26,000 people. So please join me on the next Optimize Your Career program, Saturday, February 25th, because I will be talking to a director who has helped countless underserved young adults in very poor areas of greater Philadelphia for 35 plus years. He is a friend of mine, and you will not want to miss this program. This is Ed Samuel, Career Coach with Sam Nova. If you'd like to reach me with a question or comment, Email me at esamuel, E-S-A-M-U-E-L, at samnovainc.com. The caller main number, Julie will most likely pick up, 610-274-8214. Again, 610-274-8214. Make it a great Saturday and wishing you and yours a great weekend. Stay safe and God bless.